0: Hey, everyone. I'm your host, Tom Shaughnessy, and welcome back to Chain Reaction, a research-driven podcast that's a part of Delphi Digital. If you're not on Delphi's research portal, you're missing out on the critical analysis read by the top minds in the crypto space, so be sure to check it out. One quick housekeeping item, nothing said on this podcast is a solicitation to buy or sell any security or token or to make any financial decisions. I may personally hold tokens mentioned on the podcast, and you can view our show notes below for our complete disclosures. With that, let's jump into the episode. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you about our new sponsor, Crypto.com. Crypto.com's exchange is a rapidly growing trading venue with a strong retail flow. Top institutions can receive a credit line and highly competitive maker taker fees. Their platform is robust, secure, and compliant. You can get started trading today on the Crypto.com exchange. And to get in touch with their institutional sales team, visit bit.ly/slash crypto delphi now or click the link in the show notes. Now back to our show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Chain Reaction. I'm your host, Tom Shaughnessy. Today we have on Charlie Silver, who's the CEO of Permission.io. Permission just raised more money for their advertising and personal data project, and they've raised 47 million to date. Charlie, how's it going?
1: It's going fantastic. How are you?
0: Good. So I just saw the, literally just came across the Coindesk article on you guys that was released literally 10 minutes before we started recording this episode. (laughs) Yeah, no. It it looks like great progress uh, for what you guys are building so far.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. We're getting great traction. That's
0: awesome. So Charlie, tell us a little bit about about yourself and your history and where you got started.
1: Well, I'm kind of the old man of the crypto industry. I've been building companies I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years I built a very successful early dot com company called real age which was in essence a permission marketing company we collected massive amounts of data and then asked our users permission if they wanted to get products and services to help make their real age younger so it was kind of a original platform for permission marketing. You may know my partner and spokesperson, Dr. Mehmet Oz, who uh, together we published 12 books and he was our spokesperson and we were on Oprah all the time. And then we sold the company very successfully to Hearst. I started investing in lots of companies and I discovered this company called Algebraics and I started investing in it. It was a deep tech company that really solved a huge problem in all of computing, how to turn data into mathematics and essentially create the universal data model. Well, I knew the problems of big data before it was even called big data, but unfortunately this company was an R&D company and it was exactly how not to do a startup, meaning focus on a technology and not a business problem. So I took over as CEO and I took the company to what I know really, really well, which is permission marketing. And I fell in love with crypto. And crypto is the best vehicle for doing permission marketing.
0: Got uh, it. So, Charlie, before we dive into the differences between starting real agent and, and permission, can you give us the overview on what permission.io is the current project you're building?
1: Absolutely. So permission is dedicated to helping people earn from their data. We're all about, you know, leading Web 3.0 instead of advertisers paying Facebook, Google, Twitter, and all the big platforms. We're creating all of the tools and infrastructure so advertisers can connect to individuals on a one-to-one basis. And instead of paying Facebook and Google to see their ad, they're paying individuals directly.
0: So, Charlie, today, for those who don't follow the ad model too closely, on Facebook and Google, basically what's happening is people get a great UX, you know, great service. All their friends are there. They can socialize. But in return, they are the product because advertisers pay to basically mine their data.
1: That's correct. And we see that model changing, changing. So individuals are now their own platform, in essence.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's crazy. I mean, there's so many hacks on so many social media platforms. It's crazy. People are just kind of okay with it, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, the digital ad model is so riddled with essentially organized criminals, bots, fake accounts. I mean, look at Facebook, Google are awesome businesses, but unfortunately the numbers they report to their ad partners are probably 60, 70% full of fake accounts and false numbers. And everybody in the internet ad business knows it. And they kind of hold their nose and look the other way.
0: Yeah, that's insane. Do you think that people actually understand what's going on with Facebook and Google and others on the ad side? Like, do you think that these internet trends actually control our decisions and our thinking and stuff like that? Or do you think it's like not as Dystopian is that right now? I'm just trying to understand because obviously, everyday people don't have a look inside the ad models of giant internet companies.
1: Yeah, well, these guys are so powerful. I mean, their products, I mean, I hate to say it, they're amazing in how they create daily habits and they really hook people. They've become enormously powerful. I mean, beyond what we can even really understand. And they control the information flow. They they, they know more about us than we actually know about ourselves. They can predict where we're going to go, where we're going to travel, what we're going to buy. They've become very, very sophisticated. But I think the model is going to flip. And I think companies like us are, are going to start to emerge. And there's going to be big challenges uh, to these guys. And, you know, let the markets work. Markets work magic. So I really think people recognize the power of these guys, and uh, things are going to start to to change.
0: So, Charlie, when you're thinking about or, or when you started RealAge in kind of the dot com era, that's like using data and email marketing to connect brands and consumers on a permission basis how is like what are the differences between starting that company years ago and starting permission today in the crypto age i mean they're both internet companies but like so much has changed in the past 10 20 years obviously
1: well you know in principle there's a lot of similarities i mean creating a startup i mean it's 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 hard i mean you got to have grit and it's a grind i mean it's a constant process of making mistakes and optimizing and going down certain paths. And you have to have a mindset where you're committed to the big idea and you're committed to figuring it out. And it's the same in that context. But what's so different today is the massive size of the audience and how the audience has become so much more tech savvy and so much more sophisticated. And the technology tools are so much more sophisticated. And obviously blockchain and crypto Uh, are really the things that are going to flip this whole model. Um, So it's really exciting.
0: So Charlie, walk me through kind of permission from the user perspective. Like if a user wants to use the permission platform, like what do they have to give you guys and what can they actually do on the platform itself?
1: Well, you start, you come to permission.io. It's very easy to create a new account an email, and a password. You have to go through two-factor authentication, and then you have an open account. Then you can earn ASK by watching ads and product videos that are displayed to you every single day. And many of the videos and the ads lead you directly to a product. So you can actually buy a product. On permission.io, we have over 10,000 products Uh, And, and so it's the whole new commerce experience where an advertiser asks permission, they offer you a reward to engage, and then hopefully you watch their ad and then buy the product. And we're seeing conversions that are dramatic. So we see incredible ROI for advertisers and um, it's just a whole new model where we see advertising ROI going up versus on the major platforms today, they've been in steady decline.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting to hear. It's crazy how many products you have in such a short amount of time. I guess my other question for you is, so people can come on permission and they can shop in her and earn, refer in her and stuff like that. Is there a goal to create a sort of social network that kind of rivals Facebook and Google in that respect? Because it seems like if you have people's data and you start to get the network effects around this, you can kind of go beyond kind of shopping and and stuff like that.
1: Well, the key feature that we are going to be launching very, very soon is you're going to, a user or what we call a member will be able to log into their account and then link to their Facebook, Twitter, Google account. And our our technology, which we have nine patents on, by the way, will allow us to query that data. If somebody's logged in, we have a pathway in to the Facebook data and to the Google data. And then we can combine that with their shopping data uh, and the, the profile that they've created. And in fact, over time, you'll be able to link to any data set and grant permission and allow us to create hyper-targeted audiences and give people ads that are totally personal and relevant. So that's why we see each individual as a sovereign data platform. And they grant permission and then advertisers or anybody who wants to reach that individual asks permission. So that's, that's awesome.
0: Great. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy that you're actually giving power back to the user. I can't imagine like Facebook or Twitter or somebody actually doing this in real time. It would just destroy their ad model.
1: Yeah, no, people in our industry, I mean, what's so cool? I mean, this is the ultimate decentralization. I mean, think of the web as instead of these massive centralized platforms like Google, Facebook, Twitter. I mean, we have billions of individual platforms. I mean, that's the ultimate web decentralization. Um, It's really, really exciting to see the future.
0: No, it's awesome. And Charlie, do you think that eventually the internet giants, like let's say Facebook, Google, Twitter, et cetera, do you think that given everything that's going on where users actually want more privacy, more control, do you ever see them switching their models, say from advertising to like a subscription basis where people pay for access and their data's or encrypted and private, or do you think that they're just too big at this point? It would be kind of too hard to basically change the entire experience for them.
1: Yeah, I don't see them changing their models, although I could be surprised. I mean, these companies are such incredible cash generators that it's really hard to have a company though that large to 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 disrupt yourself. It just doesn't happen. They there's pressure. I mean, part of the problem with you know, our form of capitalism is that management of these big companies are graded by their stock price and their growth rate. So it's really, really hard for management to just say, hey, we got to flip our model and then slow down their growth or or actually shrink in order to adopt new policies and new products.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally understand what you're getting with there. So Troy, back to Permission kind of the thought process there. How has traction been like on the user side? What's the current status of the network and how are things going there?
1: Yeah, no, it's going fantastic. I mean, we just, uh, ASK just got publicly listed and we hope to expand the exchange network dramatically, uh, working with multiple exchanges and adding them, you know, each month adding an exchange or two we're getting massive traction in less than we launched version 1.0 August 24th, and we already had over 200,000 verified new users signing up. I mean, we're getting on average about 20,000 a day, which is just incredible. And these are verified individuals, no fake accounts, no bots. And when advertisers realize that they can reach verified individuals the game is going to change
0: yeah no i'm with you there it's it's hard for it's hard to get that structured real data to use right like you always see everyone talking about structured versus unstructured data it's good that you guys actually have real information on people that you can actually use over the long term
1: yeah what we call it i mean the term in the ad industry is called zero party data this is data that is directly given by the individual with no uh, 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 first parties or second parties. I mean, there's first party data and second party data that come through you know, various layers of collectors, but this is what's called zero party data. And that's where advertisers really, really want to connect using zero party data.
0: Hey guys, I wanted to tell you about our new sponsor, Crypto.com. Crypto.com's exchange is a rapidly growing trading venue with a strong retail flow. Top institutions can receive a credit line and highly competitive maker-taker fees. Their platform is robust, secure, and compliant. You can get started trading today on the Crypto.com Exchange. And to get in touch with their institutional sales team, visit bit.ly slash Crypto Delphi now or click the link in the show notes. Now back to our show. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there. And Troy, I want to harp on this again because you've been in the industry for so long. What do you think is actually going to be the key driver, though, to get people to switch to social networks and marketplaces where their data is actually kind of protected and like secure and kind of on their own terms, because there's just been so many hacks. It seems like people don't care. Like there's such big network effects around other platforms. Like, do you think people are, are one day going to get fed up that they're going to be individual, like their individual data is gone? Or do you think they're going to care that in aggregate their you know country's getting affected by it? Like, what do you think is the key driver to kind of drive people to permission over other platforms?
1: Well, people, listen. Data is the key commodity of our economy. I mean, like oil was for the you know the industrial economy of the last hundred years. Data is the essential commodity. People will start to realize that their data has tremendous value, really cash value, and can generate cash and. Um, you know, when people start to become aware that they can actually generate earnings from an asset that they own, that Facebook, Google have been generating cash from somebody from their asset. I mean, I think it's going to explode. And, you know, part of our roadmap and a key part of our roadmap is to offer plugins to anybody on the web, any merchant, e-commerce merchant, or publisher, where they can now run permission ads and offer their customers ASK. Um, and we do see a network effect kicking in. And the more members will mean more merchants, more publishers. And there's going to be a real permission economy growing.
0: That's awesome. And Char, are you seeing any differences in like where you're getting uptake from? Like, Are you getting uptake more from North America or more from asia or or anything along those lines i'm kind of interested given cryptos global but obviously each country has their restrictions on what you know social media platforms they can actually use
1: yeah no we're getting huge uptick right now from asia i mean u.s users are probably about number five or six we're getting great uptake from china india philippines vietnam korea um and a lot from Eastern Europe, Russia, and Ukraine, and the U.S. is right in there. But we're going to start promoting in the U.S. as, you know, in order to get on the big U.S. exchanges, you kind of have to step it up. So we have to be trading in Asia for six months, and then, you know, we can start to get on the big U.S. exchanges. And once we're there, that's when we're going to start promoting like heck in the U.S.
0: That's pretty cool. And Troy, just look at this from the other side of the model how does permission differ for advertisers themselves, like when advertisers want to advertise, are they getting higher like engagement metrics or are they able to do more target advertising like how exactly do they see this model?
1: well they're excited I mean you know from mark pritchard the uh, the chief marketing officer from Procter and Gamble and chief marketing officers around the globe they're they're very distressed by the interruption model, the data exploitation and interruption model. And they are all looking for ways to connect to users on a personal, one-to-one, trusted basis. They also recognize that permission marketing works. I mean, offering somebody a reward to engage. I mean, the biggest companies in the world do it. Marriott Hotels. I mean, I love my Bonvoy points. You know, American Express kind of started it in the credit card industry. Every credit card offers you a reward to engage. And the airlines as well, Starbucks. So there's this permission marketing mentality that's been out there amongst companies that want to reach uh, uh, consumers and build loyalty and trust. However, there are problems with rewards points. Because unless you're the biggest company in the world, like Marriott, I mean, in the hotel business, you know, these rewards aren't liquid, they're not tradable, they're not compoundable. And that's why crypto is such the perfect use case for permission marketing and offering people a reward.
0: Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense, Charlie, it really does. I'm just, it's kind of crazy, it hasn't taken hold yet, you know what I mean? Like, you'd think with the internet, people would want more control over their access by now, but... It's crazy that people just haven't cared to date. You know, it's weird.
1: Well, they're going to start caring when they start realizing that uh, there's alternatives. And But, you know, Google and Facebook aren't going away. But I do think um, they're going to shrink. I mean, I really think we've seen their peak. I mean, I've g- I give talks. And one of the things that I love doing is putting on the, the chart uh, 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 a slide What does IBM, General Electric, Exxon, General Motors all have in common? At what point in the last, at some point in the last 40 years, these are the biggest market cap companies in the world. And now they are all struggling. I mean, look at General Electric. Just 20 years ago, it was the biggest market cap company in the world. And now it's, you know, struggling to survive. Same with General Motors, same with IBM. And you know, that's what's, you know, Joe, your audience may be familiar with Joseph Schumpeter, the great uh economist that coined the term creative destruction. You know, the world is dynamic and there's always creative destructive forces going on.
0: No, you're right. I mean, to be honest, that's why we try to not put the blinders on at Delphi, to be honest, when we're looking at, you know, beyond Bitcoin to Ethereum and beyond Ethereum to other layer ones, like you know, some of these projects get so large that they just either can't innovate in certain verticals or they just can't compete on other items. So You really got to keep an open mind for, for what's growing next. And I mean, to your point, Facebook, Google, these giants are getting so large, just one, it would just, to your point, it'd be too hard to completely change their entire ecosystem to kind of give their users what you're giving them on the, on the permission side of things.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, the world's going to change. I mean, it's. uh, And by the way, people ask me about regulation all the time, and you know, I understand that. You know, there's big regulation coming more and more around the world about control of individuals' data. That's not what's going to change things. I mean, the markets markets do wonderful things, and free markets really, really create optimal products for individuals and you know, the free market will absolutely turn these models on their head.
0: I'm with you. So Charlie, let's turn this around and play devil's advocate. I mean, you are up against giants, right? It's really hard to compete as a startup. As you've said, you got to grind, you got to crush it. But what are, what have been the hardest things, um, with building permission? Cause I mean, you guys have, I mean, you guys have a lot built already, but what's like the largest hurdles you overcame or what are the biggest competitive threats you're kind of seeing here?
1: Well, I'll be frank that the biggest obstacle that we have taken over two years trying to solve, and this is through a lot of testing and optimizing, when you're offering consumers crypto for doing a task, I mean, unfortunately, bad actors come out of the woodwork fake accounts, bots, you know, people trying to game the system and figuring out how to create a delightful experience. While filtering out bad actors is been a top priority and a huge obstacle to overcome and we have overcome it but that's why you're you don't see a lot of consumer really consumer facing crypto projects because of this problem but we feel we've solved it we have an incredible tech team and you know bad actor mitigation has been just top of mind and a top priority. And it's been a big obstacle and we feel we've really overcome it.
0: That's cool. And Charlie, obviously yield farming is big right now. It's dying down as people want more sustainable, long-term kind of focused projects that are building, you know, real infrastructure, new code, stuff like that. You guys reward users with your token signing up and that's cool because you're actually getting data from them that you could use within a platform. How has that been going? Is that a good incentive to get people to sign up? Is it enough? Or are you seeing good uptake there?
1: Yeah, no, no, no. The crypto reward is just a massive, I mean, that's what we're using to build this massive audience. And, you know, we see hundreds of millions of people over time, and we're able to use our crypto to build that audience. So yeah, no, we're seeing great traction.
0: That's awesome. So what's on the roadmap? Right? I saw on your site, you guys are going to do an iOS app in the future and potentially games i2permission tv what's the whole roadmap looking like for the end of the year in 2021
1: yeah well the key features are these plugins that's a uh, top priority a plugin where third party uh, e-commerce merchants can you know very simply install a plugin and then offer ask as a reward and, you know, an SDK for publishers. So that's really top priority. And then we have a browser extension that our members can download, which essentially tracks their data as they surf around the web. And of course, they're granting permission to use that data because they can earn from it and get better targeted ads that are personal and relevant. And that's really the key. So the browser extension and the plugin are are key features uh, coming down the pike.
0: That's awesome, Charlie. And for people that want to check out Permission, where should they go to kind of try it out and and to see the platform?
1: Yeah, go to permission.io. It's really simple to sign up. And then you can start making it a daily habit. I mean, that's what we want people to do is every morning, you know, everybody's got their, few websites that they check before their day starts to get going. And we certainly want permission.io to be part of that daily habit.
0: That's awesome, Charlie. I'll link to that in the show notes for people and definitely want people to check out permission, try out the platform, don't you think? And Charlie, just circling back on you, I mean, you've had a, a pretty crazy career. I mean you started multiple businesses that have been really successful and you sold them. I gotta ask, I mean, People always ask, you know, once you make it, why don't you just retire and kind of go off somewhere? How do you how do you kind of feel about that? Because you're obviously still out here crushing it.
1: Well, you know, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I play golf. I mean, I love business. I mean, business to me is it's, you know, is a very creative, artistic endeavor. Uh, you know, Pablo Picasso was making paintings till he was in his 90s. I mean, you know, I don't know what else I'd do. I mean, this is. Really fun. It's a really I love the challenge and and uh, you know it's a great creative endeavor and it keeps me young.
0: Give us the lowdown on the the oil dispatch franchise you started because when we first spoke, I was blown away by that. I mean, you started I think it was the largest oil change operator in in the state of Michigan, right? Before selling that to Jiffy, Loop. what was the journey like there?
1: Well, you know, it was interesting. You know, my first job uh, after graduating from the University of Michigan. I went to Washington D.C. and I was a staffer on Capitol Hill in the Senate and the House. And while I was there, there was a company called Jiffy Lube that you may be familiar with. And this is in the in the mid '80s. Uh, I saw these stores and I go, "Wow, this is a great idea." And uh, and I was never really considering politics as a career. And then I moved back to my home state of Michigan, and I was able to scrounge together uh, enough money to open up one location. And, you know, over the next 10 years, I built 17 locations and um, all in the Detroit area and the Motor City. And, and then, you know, I had 300 employees by the time I was 30 and sold to Jiffy Lube. And that's when I moved to California in the late nineties and started real age.
0: How did you not get complacent during the journey there? Like, you go from one to five to 10 locations like, and then beyond, how do you really get the mindset of, I got to keep growing this. I can't get content. I got to make sure this is, you know, as successful as it can be. Cause I feel like complacency is something that impacts a lot of entrepreneurs today.
1: Well, you know uh, that's an individual question. And, you know, do you stay motivated with the business? Is the business exciting you? And, you know, when it was time to sell, you know, that's when it was time for me to sell. And I felt like uh, you know, I didn't want to grow the thing to 60, 70, 100 locations. Uh, I wanted to get into a new business and I was fascinated by the internet and I wanted to to get involved as 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 soon as I could.
0: That's awesome. And so, Charlie, between the different businesses you've started, like Real Age, the oldest best franchise, you're on the board of Real Age shares, like between all these businesses, what advice can you give new entrepreneurs that are just starting out? Because I'm sure you've definitely run into some hurdles. I'm sure people would love to kind of hear what you, you know, maybe did wrong and, and you go back and change or, or any tips you can give kind of new entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah, I mean, the key factor, I mean, first of all, there's everybody who's in the startup universe. And this is what drives me crazy about Silicon Valley. You know, the fancy venture capitalists and, you know, the ones that have been very successful think they all have a formula. Well, there is no formula. I mean, every business, every success has its own DNA, like every individual has its own DNA. There's no formula except grit, determination, and heart, and the commitment to get it done. And, you know, that's really the only fundamental that I can see, because every success, every company is unique. Everybody gets there in a unique way. And just don't focus on people trying to offer a formula, because there is no formula.
0: Yeah, uh, there's too many self-help books and too many gurus doing tweets on (laughs) what the formula for success is. Meanwhile, it really doesn't make a difference, you know?
1: Yeah, it's just heart and grit. Those are the only things that you have to have. The, the the ability to fight through obstacles
0: i love that now that that's big charlie that, that's really important Well, charlie it's been incredible having you on i definitely want people to check out permission i'm going to link to it in the show notes and uh i really commend you Matt. it's great to see uh, an entrepreneur that's founded a couple really successful businesses still going at it so i think it's awesome that you're you're still crushing it here well tom thanks for having me hey everyone thanks for listening to the podcast If you enjoyed it, please support the show by hitting subscribe on iTunes, writing a review, or sharing this episode on Twitter and LinkedIn. And stay tuned for our next episode. Out soon.